Well, it's Thanksgiving week. You've made it. You're here this far, only a little bit further to go, and then we can start celebrating Christmas. Now, I say that assuming that we haven't already, but if you're like me, you've already started. Show of hands, who's already got Christmas stuff ready to go? You've got the tree up? Okay, how many, truth be told, September, or, uh, December 23rd, you may have something up that resembles Christmas decor. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> let's, let's, get, let's get this uh, week out of the way. And we simply want the holidays to be great and grand in every possible way. We want it to be fun and filled with joy. We think of all the stress-free time that we can have. We want the food to be great. We want the family to enjoy one another. We want the time that we have to be excellent. And we have all these dreams of what the perfect time would be like in this season. And yet, that doesn't always happen. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but there are times even in, our, in my family that I think of Thanksgiving and Christmas, and it's been anything but glamorous. It's been anything but peaceful and fun. It could be more chaotic or more frustrating or even sad. For some, you're excited because you're traveling somewhere. You're going and you're thinking, do we have everyone in the car that should be going with us? Do we have all their things packed? Is the car ready to go? Are the tires aired right? How about the traffic? Oh my goodness, the traffic. That's one thing that gets me every time upon this year is the chaos that is traffic, whether going to Thanksgiving or Christmas or just trying to run and do a couple errands. Becky and I both agreed we are not going to go into town the Saturday before Thanksgiving. It is not going to happen. So where were we yesterday? <laughs> In town running a couple errands. And at Target, we were. <laughs> we saw Megan there. <laughs> and it was chaos. And we were trying to tell Evan, Evan, this is the reason why we don't go driving in the middle of Thanksgiving weekend. It's because it's complete chaos and it's stressful. It's anxiety-ridden and no one's driving right. So many intersections were just filled with cars who just couldn't do it right. And the same thing happens. Either we're driving or we're getting people to come with us and join us at our house. And, you know, if you've got people coming to your house this year, there may be places in your house that haven't been cleaned in three years. And you're just realizing that last week and you're thinking, I should really get to that someday. But I've got other things to do and laundry to fold, and that's just not going to happen. And you may feel a little bit anxious that time is getting nigh for the house to get cleaned. And so the guys may find something else to do, and women are stuck cleaning, or vice versa, because, you know, there's food to get cooked, and there's kids to get bathed, and there's all kinds of yard work to happen, and all kinds of things. The list gets longer and longer and longer, and anxieties continue to rise. Or maybe you're one of those people who are excited and anxious getting vamped up for Black Friday sales. You've been going through the, all the ads online and you're excited to buy gadgets and gizmos and things. And so you're ready to go out and face the crowd and you're going to go there and you've got your elbows ready to get in anyone's way or to get them out of your way and you're ready to go. We used to do that. I don't really care to do that anymore. I had my time did it. It was okay. It was fun, as long as I wasn't the one driving in the mass chaos of 
you know, the holiday traffic. So life can be filled with chaos. Life can be filled with anxiety. For some, the anxiety comes in a different level. We are reminded of people who aren't going to be sitting with us around the dinner table. And so we're aware that there are going to be people in our lives who aren't there to celebrate the holiday season with. And so as we think about that, what's ahead, we, we may start feeling a little anxious because we know how tough it's going to be to remember those who have gone before us. And so we find ourselves being, feeling anxious. Now, of course, we don't want the holidays to be anxious. We don't want any time to be anxious. But we are anxious people. Someone once said, if you're a human being with warm blood in your system living in 2017, you are anxious about something. To which we can all attest, yeah. <laughs> we all have it one way or another. Some people, I know, they don't get anxious about anything. And God bless them. I don't know how they do it. Some part of me is thinking, well, you may not be anxious, but you're a liar. And if you're that person, then I apologize. But we all have a sense of anxiety in ourselves. And we don't really know what to do with it. We think this is part of life. We think if I'm going to do anything with it, it's going to be told my doctor and get the, the milligrams raised up to another bar to help ease the calm or calm my nerves a little bit. But what does the Bible have to say about anxiety? What does the Bible have to say about being anxious about life, about things, about situations, about circumstances in general? I mean, doesn't it sound good to do what the Bible says and not be anxious? Yes, but how do we get there? In other words, how do we move from being anxious about so much to being in a place of peace in our hearts and minds. So I want to go and I want to explore this a little bit together. But if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up on page 982 where you can look on the screen. We'll be looking at different places, but for the most part, we're going to be hanging out here in Philippians chapter 4. Verse 6, or verse uh, 4 through 7. Now, this is what Paul writes. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Well, Ben, you, uh, you don't know my life, and you don't realize that the anxiety I feel in a, during the holidays is just the peak of the iceberg. And I'd say, you know what, there's a lot of stuff in life. There's a lot of things to be anxious about, be excited for, be worried about. But the text says, do not be anxious about anything. What's anything? It could be anything. It could be everything. And I think, what does Paul know about feeling anxious? Well, when he's writing this letter, he's in prison. He's on house arrest, and he's got a guard Roman guard over him, making sure he doesn't leave and only certain people can come in. And he's locked in this small room, not really for sure what, his, what lies ahead in his fate, thinking for sure I'm being poured out like a drink offering here. I, am, I may die here in this place. I may be executed soon. I don't know. And he comes with this idea of but the church of Philippi, they're nervous for him. They're worried for him. See, they, 
They sent gifts to Paul to make his life more comfortable. And in doing so, they had this anxiousness for him because he actually started the church in Philippi. And so they're kind of worried about what's going on. And multiple times, he, he, talks, he tells them, be joyful. In fact, if you look in verse 4 of chapter 4 of Philippians, he says, be joyful always. I say it again, be joyful. And the word there is rejoice. And he talks about rejoicing throughout this book because he wants people to know, I want you to rejoice in the Lord. But what about all the anxieties that life has to offer? Well, Jesus actually says something about that in Matthew chapter 6. This is what Jesus says. He, He talks to him, and this is part of the Sermon on the Mount. He's talking to people and says, Jesus said, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And he asked them this question. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? The word is the same here. Be anxious for nothing. That Paul is writing the same word that Jesus is using here be anxious. It's the same thing, and the truth is still there. Who can add anything to life by being worried, by being anxious, by having those senses? And so we may say, okay, that sounds great, but how do we get from point A to point B? How do we get to this place of being anxious-free? Well, Paul kind of answers that question for us. He says this, but In everything, by prayer and supplication. Now, I want to stop there for a second because we look at this word prayer and we think, what is prayer? What is supplication? Prayer is going before the Lord, simply put. There's a lot of types of prayers. Prayers of confession, prayers of thanksgiving, prayers of supplication, which is we have a prayer list, people who are sick in our lives, things that we need. God, how can you provide what I need? How can you supply the things that I need? into the lives of other people around me. Here's what I want from you. Here's what I'm asking for you. Here's what I'm pleading from you. But it says, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Now, this word is key. With thanksgiving. It's easy to pass by this. It says, let your request be made known to God. And the reason this is key is because there's something incredible to say about thanksgiving about offering a thanksgiving we just got done with halloween and i think halloween is one of the greatest times of the year most of the days you can't knock on some stranger's door and expect them to give you treats for dressing in a scary way halloween is that exception now as we took evan to go trick-or-treating this year we looked behind us, and there was a group of adults and a group of kids who were racing house to house to house, trying to remember who gives away the full-size Snickers bars <laughs> and who only gives the dum-dums and the Tootsie Rolls. And so they're going from house to house, and they're following us, so let that be what it is. And so we, we go, and you know, every time we're at the door, and we make sure to tell Evan, say thank you. And he doesn't always want to do it. And so sometimes Evan's going to the next place and 
you know, we're being trudged behind him, and we say, thank you. We'll say it for him. But most times, I was listening to the kids behind me, and they were doing the kind of the same thing. If you've had trick-or-treaters, maybe you experienced this a time or two yourself. There was a hand in the basket, and they were looking for the next house as they were putting it into their basket. And we still give it to them, and I'm thinking, okay, you know, they may be a little bit ungrateful. They're just not saying it. But you remember the kids who would stop looking in the eye and say, thank you. How much more should we be grateful to our Heavenly Father when, when we're reminded of the things that we have in this life? When we are reminded, we go to Him in prayer and say, God, thank you. See, when we feel anxious, we want to tell God everything that's wrong. Especially when we go to God in prayer with anxieties, we want to just say, God, here are the things I'm worried about. Do something with it. But Paul knows something special about this word of thanksgiving. Because I think about where he's at and what he's going through. See, he's not in his first encounter in prison. He was actually in, in prison while he was in Philippi helping to establish this, this church. And he was beaten with rods. And he was badly beaten. But yet, even that night, he and his companions were in the jail cell celebrating, singing psalms. The songs of thanksgiving. They were celebrating God who brought them deliverance. So when we pray, offer thanksgiving. Now, basically it's this. We tell God what's on our minds. We tell God what weighs on our hearts, what's troubling your spirit, but we do it with gratitude for what he's already done and what he is doing and what he has yet to do. Remember, God has never left you alone, nor will he. One of my favorite psalms is Psalm 139. It says, God, you knew me before I was even born. You knew me when I was being put together in the most hidden place. You know, when I'm going to sit and when I'm going to rise, you know my thoughts before I do. See, God is, is not someone who is off distant and that we can only come to because when we're really in trouble, but he knows us better than, I, I believe this, better than what we know ourselves. To know our heart and our mind and our actions before we do, he knew, knows our true intentions. And yet, he loves us. From what Matthew told us, uh, what Jesus told us, he said, you can't be, if you're anxious about anything, it's not going to do anything for your good. It's not going to provide anything for your life. And so we look into ourselves and we think, okay, you're right. I, okay. But I'm still feeling it. Because the chains of anxiety, the chains of anxiousness are hard to break. But here's the result, though. When we come to God with thanksgiving, when we have this idea of, God, you know what? I'm just going to come to you and I'm going to thank you for what you're doing, what you've already done even when I'm stressed out beyond reason, even when things are going completely opposite, God, I'm going to stop and I'm just going to thank you. It says this, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. We can't really know how it works, but we know it works. The peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. See, I'm reminded of, when I read this text, I'm reminded of how uh, how Paul was in a house 
and under arrest. And he was in a house and being guarded. And so when I read this text, I wonder, is he speaking upon his, himself? I mean, as the guard was guarding him, so the peace of God guards us. While Paul is stuck in this house, going to the Lord with thanksgiving, we're being guarded in Christ. See, we're being guarded from going into a world of anxiousness and anxiety. And so I wanted to try this this week, and Becky and I both did, and I was talking with her about this text for the last few weeks. And so, you know, we just, we just stopped, and we changed our prayer life a little bit. We actually started coming to God and saying, you know what, when I'm feeling, we told each other, when I'm feeling anxious, we're going to find things that I'm anxious about to thank God about. So, you know, uh, it rained this past week, and there was a, a leak in, our, in the roof of the uh, garage. And many of you have had that too, and you're thinking, oh, great, you know, something else. And I see that, and I'm thinking, oh, no, the house is going to fall apart. It's going to cost $20,000 to fix this leak. What am I going to do? And we stopped, and we came to the, part, the point of just saying, God, I thank you that we have a house, that whatever it costs, you've provided for us, and we've been under this roof for six years more. And we're just thankful because you've provided. You've kept us warm. You've kept us cool. God, you have, you have brought us so many things and so many memories in this house. God, I just want to stop and thank you. Even before I, I tell you what I need, you know what I need, but I want to stop and, and just say thank you. There may be stuff going on in life that you were just diagnosed. And so you're thinking, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay these bills? What about my, my family? How are they going to go on? We think, what, a, what am I going to do when, when they're in treatments? I want to encourage you to, even in that time, to stop and, and say, God, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for every memory that I have with them. I want to thank you for every time I get to hold their hand, give them a hug, get a kiss or kiss them on their cheek. I want to thank you for every time we have a chance to laugh and to play around and joke around. You know, for some, families moving away, families going somewhere. Yesterday, I got to be with Nate and Hope Van Ravensway, who we uh, partner with, and this morning, they've, they've gone to Thailand. They, they're on their way. And we got a chance to, to say thank you, God. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for everything that's happened. And when I think of Nate's mom, they've had a, a death this year. We know that. And she's going to have people in her life who are gone. She's got two sons over there in, in East Asia. Yeah. A son who's going to be with his dad down in, uh, down in Arkansas. And, you know, I think there's still so much to be thankful for. So no matter what we have going on in life, there is always reason to be thankful. There is always something going on that we can stop and say, thank you, God. Even when we feel like there is no place to go, we know for sure that we serve a God who hears our prayers. And here's the thing, guys. Even when all hope feels lost, even when we feel like the world is gone, do we remember in that even in those times that we serve God who is there with us in that time? And we can say, God, I thank you for being here. 
I thank you for hearing me. I thank you for listening to me. I thank you that I can trust you and put my hope into you. And as Becky and I were praying this week about that, we realized, you know what, the anxieties we felt about that and some other things, they started to reside. They started to go, the level of stresses tend to go down because we came to a place of thanking God for everything that he's already done and where he's already shown himself. And it was empowering for us. And the same is true for you because God does not want us to be miserable in anxiety. He doesn't want us to be in that place, but instead he wants us to be free from that. He wants us to celebrate in him. But here's the truth, guys. The Lord is at hand. No matter what kind of anxieties you feel, no matter how anxious you are, know this. The Lord is with you. Because the peace of the Lord frees us to rejoice in the Lord. Paul had this peace. God wants us to have it too. So here's what, here's the take home. Here's some things that I want you to practice. Simple this. Whenever you go to the Lord, thank him. That's your homework. Whenever you go to the Lord, thank him. And I think of Job 19. And I really hope that we all have this idea in our hearts and minds. So when I think of where Paul is in his life, I can't help but think of Job, who is suffering. If you've ever read through the book of Job, you know in just the first few chapters, life gets tough real quick. But in chapter 19, he, say, he says this, For I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been thus destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself. My eyes shall behold and not another. My heart faints within me. Do you hear how excited he is to see the Lord face to face and realize, you know what, in this world we're going to have problems and we can be guaranteed that. But there is coming a time that we will see God face to face and he says, I will see him and I'm not going to look to my left and to the right, but I'm going to see him for who he is. I'm going to set my gaze upon him and I'm going to fix it there and I'm going to know and rest in the peace of God knowing my Redeemer lives, and he is in control, and he has the whole world and all of this life in his hands. And when we see him face to face, we can rest assured he wins. It's not fears or anxieties. It's not frustrations or disease or cancer. Jesus wins, and we can be at peace, and we can be at rest. For the peace of the Lord frees us to rejoice in the Lord. And that is worth giving thanks for. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you. We thank you for this place, for everything you've done, for everything you're going to do. God, in our hearts, we 
we are reminded of all the people in our lives who have blessed us. As Sharon said this morning during her testimony, there are people in our lives who have gone before us. And Lord, we thank you for them. Father, we thank you for your son. For in him, we can be free from all the sins that chain us up. But knowing that it is through an offering of thanksgiving that we can come to you and bring our anything we have to give you praise and honor. So Holy Spirit, come in power. Be glorified through your church. In Jesus' name, amen.